Welcome to Green Eggs and West Ham. I'm Chris S. along with my co-host Chris W. This podcast is dedicated to providing lighthearted, concise analysis on everything concerning West Ham. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to Green Eggs and West Ham. Chris, the win today pushed us to fifth overall in the table. Was a 3-0 result deserved against Sheffield? Yeah, I, I definitely think it was. Uh, I actually hit Tech City throughout the game saying, I wish we could just get that third goal because it would help us with our goal differential. That's one of the areas we're uh, quote-unquote suffering this season. Uh, the teams around us have, uh, I think Chelsea has like 14 goals and Liverpool's up there 14 to 16, somewhere around there. So anytime we're tied in points with them, we're going to be a little bit down a goal differential. So I'm, I'm glad we got that last goal. Um, congrats to Fredericks final kick of the game really. Yeah. And I, I do think it was deserved. We had tons of chances. Um, I, I, I want to get to the formation and I want to ask you what you thought about the, the changes. Cause we've been moving a lot um, around in terms of tactics and, and who we're playing and how we're going to set up. But um Real quick, who do you think was your man of the match? Who who was the best player that stood out to you? I feel like it has to be Jesse Lingard. I mean, he was really our entire attack for most for the big portion of the night. The only other player that might get it is uh, Fabianski. I thought he made a lot of you know. I don't think any of his saves were. Um, in, like incredible, you know, diving saves, but he was just solid all night, had to deal with many uh, direct headers. Uh, so I thought he was fantastic, but I think, you know, once again, Lingard shows that why he was so highly regarded a few years ago in the, in the middle of his career. Um, and it, it almost begs the question how he fell out of form because he's playing incredibly right now. Yeah. I, I've been really impressed with Lingard coming into the team. I think most of West Ham right now is, uh, wishing that he, we had the option to buy because he's had a string of uh, pretty incredible performances. And even though uh, he's got a few goals under his belt, but um, nothing today, he, you know, he took his chances. He had some good chances and he really was our chance creator out there. Um, and I, uh, I really like what I'm seeing with him. I'm actually a little shocked that we didn't play Ben Rama with him and, and instead put Lanzini in um, that, that took me by surprise. And yeah. That was a little questionable for me. I thought, you know, especially with Bowen playing up top a lot and making a lot of runs behind the back line, but not really ever getting the ball. To me, Ben Rama was someone who who was willing to try that through ball where Lanzini and Lingard haven't uh, shown. So, yeah, I think it would have been better to pair Lingard up with Ben Rama as the two attacking mids and then kind of Bowen up top by himself. Yeah, and uh, it's interesting because Lanzini, to me, is that kind of uh, – he's he's a good attacking player. I like him. I like what I've seen. But like, today I, I didn't see some great I, – I didn't really see him impact the game too much. And I, when I picture Lanzini, I, I think of you know a little bit longer shots, but Ben Rama probably would try uh, to get that last pass in, but Lanzini would probably take the shot. Um, Lingard is kind of the better version of Lanzini to me in terms of um, – He's almost that kind of same same into, uh, same player to me as as Lanzini, whereas Ben Rama's that you know creativity like we were hoping for in Anderson. Is that what you're seeing out there? Yeah, I think both are um, primarily ball carriers. I, you know, I think Lingard and Lanzini both 
look to break down the defense by dribbling by uh, people carrying the ball for long distances rather than uh, someone like Ben Rama who will dribble the ball, but it, you know, has a little more uh, tiki taka play uh, often. Um, and yeah, both, uh, you know, I, I really like that Lingard try shots, you know, none of his shots were overly close to scoring. A lot of them were, were a little, either a little too weak or too directly at the keeper, but you got to try the keeper. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to score if you never shoot. And, you know, he, he created some chances. He uh, created some chances through his shots, through his passes. Um, he really carved up the Sheffield defense. And um, when we don't have a true number nine, you're going to rely more on those attacking midfielders to actually generate shots of their own. And I thought that's what he did. And just uh, that's a good question. You talked about that number nine position. Um, who is who's the right person to put there now? It, you know, we had some players sitting on the bench. We probably were saving um, for Tottenham. That's my guess. But do you think you know uh, who do you, who do you think was it correct for Moyes to start um, start Bowen or with with the current lineup? I, I think it was. Uh, yeah. It seemed. I you know I they were the front three were kind of interchanging throughout the game. It seemed that uh, Bowen was a little more on the right, but the most advanced of the three. And then Lanzini was maybe the deepest of the three dropping back. You know, if, if Antonio's fit, obviously he's the choice, but since he's not, um, I would say Bowen is the most deployed as directly out there. I think the if we're doing a front three, I think the only change you make from today's lineup is putting Ben Rama in for Lanzini. That gives you the best balance of you have Bowen's pace and finishing, you have Lingard's dribbling, and then you have Ben Rama's passing. And it just, that seems to be a, a team that would fit well together. Besides that, we really, outside of Odebeko, there's no other player I'd want to see in, in that, you know, striker position, even you know, it, it, we're not quite sure how long Yarmolenko is going to be out, but I thought he was rather disappointing in his last few appearances. And he doesn't offer, I mean, I'd much rather play Bowen up there than him. I, I completely agree. I think uh, the speed that Bowen brings and like he, he interchanges with Lingard and Lanzini or Sash Ben Rama, uh, like you talked about, I think that brings more to the attacking um, field than Lanz, than uh, Yarmolenko with his, you know, kind of technicality and kind of one footedness. Um, one thing that I've been, I guess, fascinated with is how we're going to line up each game. I'm, I'm happy with Moyes in terms of how he's switching the teams to play against our opponent. He's not just uh, coming out there and saying, we will play this formation, whether it works or not. Even we saw in some past games, he's switching formations at halftime when things aren't going well for us. Um, and, and it paid off, uh, it's paid off for us, but I, I must say, I'm not convinced in this formation and I think it'd almost be better if we did like a, um, a four or five back right now. So uh, just for, if anyone's confused on it, we had a, we played a three, four, two, one, and I didn't think our defense was as solid as it needed to be. The attack seemed fine. It, we had a few things we can work on, but uh, I was, I was nervous about our defense and Fabianski, I think was the unsung hero. I think I even tweeted that. So I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you here. I don't think it was our formation that caused our, our biggest issues on the defensive end this game. So, you know, we played, yeah, that kind of five, that three back or five back, whatever, how you want to classify it. We, 
you know, that can often be seen as a little more defensive posture, but I thought we were, our wingbacks were really getting forward. So I, I, I'm not too worried about that. For me, the reason why Sheffield got as many chances as they did was because they, I, they did a very good job of isolating their taller strikers on Cresswell uh, and, uh, and on Ben Johnson. So when they, they, they pull the, get the ball out wide, draw our defensive line to that side. And then McGold- McGoldrick would get on the back post and either body up Cresswell or body up Johnson. And uh, they cross it in and he'd have almost a free header. See, I think that's where most, they weren't really like getting in between our, our midfielders and our, and our defensive line. They were really just getting down the flank crossing it into their big guy and and matching up well against our fullbacks. And that's something I think is going to happen whether you play the four or the five back. See, that may be the case. I mean, I really don't know any uh, – if we, we shifted those players to the back, I don't know if I would make any massive substitutes. The only one that I'm considering, because I thought he was actually pretty poor today, even though he scored his Diop, um, I, I am not a Diop fan. And I know you like him a little bit more than I do, but – Today, there was one specifically one chance I can think of where he was completely out of position. And it's funny because I actually thought he was on the left side. But when I'm looking at the lineup, um, just based on, uh, you know, the official West Ham lineup that they released, he actually was was lined up on the right side. And I didn't see that throughout the game at all. So I I don't know if he was just out of position or trying to cover. But but to me, Dawson's our number one center defender with Agbana out. And I thought and, and Dawson usually plays on the right. So I'm surprised that we put Diop there. Yeah, I think the biggest, I think the biggest goal of that of that positioning was to have Dawson in the middle, and everyone else was kind of built around having right. Dawson in the middle, which he's yeah. and he he was another one that just played incredibly well tonight, clearing <laughs> yeah. up everything, winning aerial duels, um, you know, doing everything you want a center defensive or you know a, a center back to do. I've been increasingly impressed by him. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm shocked. Hopefully, we get him at the end of the year. See, to me, I, I'm a little bigger of a fan of Diop than you are. He's, to me, he still doesn't have his legs under him from kind of his bout with COVID, and he hasn't had a, a, a large amount of game time since then. But he, he, to me, he's getting better. He's, he's starting to be a little more comfortable in possession, which is, I think, that's one of his his good good traits, especially in that five back that he can help kind of swing the ball around well. Uh, and he's also starting to uh, he, he adds a little more pace to the back to the back three than what we have without him. And just with Ogbonna out for a month or so, I'd, I'd and you know I know Balbuena is maybe injured, but maybe not. I'd still rather have Diop in above Balbuena just because of when you already have someone like Dawson on the back line having the extra speed of of Diop does well and and you know it's it's kind of down to that's that's the options we got uh i i thought Moyes did a good job today making it work so i i must say i did think he did a good job with game management i actually liked his subs and even though noble to me doesn't need to be a player that's coming in every single game you know we were up 2-0 when he came in um he's more of a holding player i really didn't see him impact the game too much but i think in terms of the overall you know making a defensive substitute when we're two zero up. I, I do like that. Yeah. Um, I, I also was impressed or I should say, I liked the uh, Ben Rama sub. I think he, I would have put Ben Rama on a little earlier, but you know, I mean, that's, uh, that's not super important considering we at least got him on the field. 
So here's here's an interesting player that we we haven't talked about, but that you and I really l- like both as a person and as a player what he brings. Uh, but almost has become the forgotten man in a matter of maybe two weeks. Pablo Fornals, does he have a place in the team? Is it uh, you know with the current form? Yeah, that's that's funny because uh, he, Fornals is one of my favorite players on the team, and it's interesting um, with. The formation we play today, I would say no, just because I want to play that Ben Rama, Lingard, Bowen, you know, trio up there. Um, I think if we switch formations like to a more of a four person midfield, like uh, if we added one more player to that attacking part, I would put Fernals there. I, I think Fernals is a great chance creator. We've seen him play with Lingard and I, I loved it. And, and Ben Rama too. I mean, that to me is magic when they play together. Um, so I, I think just because we flipped up formations today, I wouldn't have put him in, but to me, he's, he's basically right on the cusp of starting or not just depending on the formation. Yeah. And I think we have a lot of different formations, different looks we can get out there. We could obviously do kind of the five back with the same back five as we had today. I think we could do the four back. And if we do kind of go to back to that four, two, three, one, then you can see a player like uh, maybe instead of taking take Ben Johnson off and either have uh, Fornals in there or even, you know, Fredericks has played on the right wing some and he's looked really good, especially when against the team where we might sit back a little more and try and break on the counter. He offers something, you know, we can't, we have maybe three or four different uh, place structures that we have to come out against different teams. All that being said, our squad is still really thin, like not having, not having another striker, you know, it didn't hurt us in this game, but Sheffield is one of the worst teams that's ever played based on, based on points. One of the worst teams that's ever played in the premier league. It's, you know, we, we saw against Manchester United, we didn't really have that attacking output Um, against Fulham. We really didn't create that many chances. Is it, do you see with this tough run of games coming up a, a possible score drop coming or how, or do you think we're between the creative, you know, powers of, of Lingard and maybe Ben Rama, Bowen, maybe Lanzini, do you think there's going to be enough goals? Well, that's a funny question. And I want to mention that uh, Sheffield United thing, just because I heard an interesting stat from the commentators today saying that in 2008 Derby County ended with, 11 points in the premier league and Sheffield United right now uh, needs just one more point um, to uh, not be tied with them, I guess. So they've got 11 points right now. And uh, if they don't get any more points, they will tie the record for the lowest amount. So they still have plenty of games to play, but, uh, but it's not a good look right now. And so you mentioned they're not a great team right now. Um, They're not playing well. So, so now to answer your question, I think we can be okay. And it, I don't know if I would have said this when we hired him, but I think now I would say I, I do trust Moyes to bring out the right person for it um, the and, and his game management. And I think that's what's going to be key for us. So I am nervous and everyone's nervous about Antonio popping a hamstring. He's quote unquote hurt right now. He failed his fitness test today. I think he'll be okay for Tottenham. I would try to preserve him and bring him on as an impact player rather than start him. And I think that's going to be our key. So I liked what I saw from Bowen on a, uh, up top. What I would do is I would put Ben Rama, Lingard, Fornals as our front three, or excuse me, the, the attacking midfield, and then Bowen up top and sub him out for Antonio when needed. Um, maybe Antonio in the 60th minute to, you know, 
come in as an impact player or switch him. Antonio plays 60 minutes and Bowen comes on something like that. That gives you a ton of speed up there. Um, when Antonio's playing, that gives you physicality. When Bowen's playing, that gives you more of those quick through balls, the quick passing, the dynamic play. Um, and sometimes Antonio can struggle with that, you know, and if the game's not, um, not favoring the way he plays, then I think it'd be great to switch up the attack just a little bit. Yeah, I think that's a good good shout. You know, I'm, I'm still worried. You know, I I've, I still trust in Moyes, but I'm worried that not having striker depth is gonna is gonna torpedo our European chances. You know, it's we're really sitting in a great spot. We do have some tough games coming up. You know, not not two weeks after the window closed, it looks like Antonio's having troubles again. Uh, this was very predictable. You know, I don't want to, I'm not going to prescribe blame to, to Moyes or the board individually. I think they're, they're both partially to blame for not having a, you know, bring a striker in. Uh, but I just, I have a tough time seeing where a lot of our goals are going to come from, just, you know, not necessarily creating chances, but who's going to put them away you know, we saw today, you know, we had outside of Frederick's, you know, goal, all of our other goals were from either the penalty spot or, or set pieces. And I, you know, we've, we've been scoring a lot from set pieces, but I don't think you can count on those game after game. But, you know, we really haven't mentioned it before on the podcast, uh, besides our transfer special, but was it right to not bring in a striker? Because I must say, I like the fact that Moyes at the very end, I'd say the only redeeming quality of the January transfer window besides Lingard um, was that he said, we didn't bring in a striker because we couldn't find the right fit. And I really like the fact that we're looking for the right fit. We're, we're looking for that Jesse Lingard. We're looking for that Ben Rama or someone that is good on character, not just a great player, but, but has that character as well with them. And, um, I think that's the right call. The only thing is I also don't want to pass blame from, Hey, we had a month to do this and months before that to look for the, to, to spot that right player, to look for that right player. So uh, what, what do you, what yeah, do you think? yeah. I think you're, you're directly on the, uh, with your last point. Yeah. I'm fine with Moyes not bringing in what would be a bad fit. The problem. So you can, or he's, I know he said something about not having the right value. You know, there wasn't the right value, but the, the problem always goes back to we have no scouting network. We, you know, if, if you're not, if you don't find the right fit, that's because you're not identifying players. And, and if you're, you know, if you're waiting till the second week of January to start looking at players, you're already too far behind. So we have no scouting network and that scouting network helps you both find players that are a system fit and players that are value for the money. And, you know, I still am going to give Moyes himself a little leniency because I don't think he's been here long enough to, to change that. But then, then you got to look at the board that continuously, like if you're backing the manager, you got to back them fully. And that includes, you know, backing the manager doesn't just mean the price tag of the players you're bringing in. It means bringing, supporting him with the right assistant managers, giving him a good training facility, uh, creating a good environment for the fans having a scouting department that can identify the players that you need, having a youth academy staff. It means all of that. It's, it, it's a hill. The club is, the club is successful because not of just one or two things, because how it's, it's a, it's a combination of how it does every aspect of being a football club and time and time again, 
West Ham have deficiencies in, in those areas. You know, we don't have a great training facility. We don't have a scouting network at all. We have, you know, the people that negotiate for the, either Moyes himself has to, you know, identify the players and then David Mo or David, uh, not David Gold, David Sullivan Sullivan. has to go negotiate for it instead of having a, you know, professional negotiator go and do that. Or so, you know, it's, it's, it it looks like we're running a FIFA career mode where we can just, (laughs) you know, click the players and find out their attributes. That's not how it works. You gotta, you gotta put in the time, you gotta watch the film and you can't put that all on Moise's shoulders. So uh, do you think so far that that has impacted us? I know we've got some tough games coming up. We'll get to that. But so far, do you think we've, we've had a lack of uh, that we've lost points because of it? And, and I'll start off and answer my own question saying, I think so, because we saw Fulham, we really didn't have a, a huge change or shift in the attacking plot, uh, style. And that hurt us. You know, I mean, we Fulham should have been a game that we won and man United. We saw it a uh, man United. We saw it with Chelsea early in the season when they bring on players, their impact players, they change the entire game, even just one sub, but specifically when they bring on two subs, the whole game shifts and it's a whole different style out there. And I would argue we don't have that, especially with how weak we are at striker. Yeah. I think we, we have that at certain positions, but we don't have others. Like, like we, let's assume, let's say Suchek's red card wasn't overturned. Well, then three games without Suchek, what you're going to put Mark Noble in there, I guess. But then, you know, with, That's not with the Mark, same. it's yeah. not the same. And what if, you know, then you still have no one to bring on in to replace him or Declan. Like you're, you're just down one more person that you can't do. So I, I think we, we have enough attacking midfielders, but I think every other position you look at, we're thin on. So I, I you know, it's trouble. I, I, it's trouble. It's something that I'm nervous for the rest of the season. However, I believe we can cover it enough for game management. I'm worried that it's going to affect our position in the table though. And, you know, Hey, we're fighting for fifth or we're our fifth right now. We're fighting for that European spot. So to me, I mean, I, I just wish we would go for it a little bit more instead of being pleased that we're at fifth. I wish we would have that mentality of. Well, of and going with, and with either Europa league or champions league football comes extra money. So it's, it's not just staying up helps you, you know, not getting relegated obviously helps you, but getting into these other competitions is still a financial benefit. In addition to a recruiting benefit, a lot like we were after um, a player from Marseille in the winter, in the, in the winter window, I believe it was his something car. He was a center back. And one of the reported reasons why he didn't want to come to us is because he wanted to play champions league football and he can do that at Marseille. He can't do that here. So if you become, if you become a team that can get into the Europa league, you're going to attract better players and it's going to lead to longer term success. So yeah, it's, it's a very myopic view from the, from the man, from the, from the owners to not spend the i don't know five or ten million pounds in the in the january window if that cost us three points that could be the difference between you know sixth place and eighth place you know yeah millions and millions of dollars and and, and you know not making europa league is going to cost us twice that easy right so right well so you've mentioned that monetary value what monetary value would you put on if we did have the option to buy lingard um, and, and even Dawson, because technically we we don't own him. I would say I 
for Dawson, I really think anywhere up to five million, five, six, seven million would would be a still a deal. I think we looks like the price quoted on him is about three million or less, which would be a steal. I mean, he's thirty yeah. years old, but yeah, he's 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 playing incredible. He's playing incredibly, and he's scoring. He's yeah, he's he's a threat in the air, um, and his game's not built on pace. Like he can, I can see him playing three, four more years at this level. Uh, I mean, Ogbonna's the same way. Ogbonna's over 30 and he, you know, he hasn't really lost a step at all. So I would, I would easily pay, I'd say anywhere less than 7 million would be a deal. Uh, but, and I think we can get him for half that. And if we do, yeah. that's great business um, because he doesn't seem, you know, I don't think Watford see him in their plans and that's fine. All the better for us. We'll take him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For, for Lingard, mm, that's a tough one. Cause he, the ta- it's, we have only seen a little bit of him. The talent is there, but again, he's he's twenty eight. He's kind of, he's the same age as Lanzini. Obviously, I think he's better than Lanzini. I would go eight. I'm just putting about eighteen million. I'll, I'll, you know, I I think twenty is a little steep for a player of his age. But you know, if we could get him for like fifteen, I think that'd be a great deal, especially with the versatility that he brings to that front. You know, kind of any of those attacking midfield positions. And, and he seems like a good guy, you know, the team that he was the first person to congratulate, you know, he won the penalty. Declan ended up taking the penalty and he was the first person there to congratulate Declan. So, you know, he seems to be fitting in fairly well. And that's what you want to see. I think, you know, having more players that contribute to that positive attitude is, is going to be key for us to sustain, sustain the success. Yeah. uh, First, just to circle back, I, I think I would, agree with you on that uh, Dawson price but specifically going to Lingard you know he has impressed me in his character and I was I was worried just a little bit um when we got him that you know he hadn't really started a bunch uh, for Man U and I was worried that he'd come in and kind of be that uh that cocky like hey I'm better than all you guys I should be starting for Man U but really he's he's come out and he's proven himself well and he proven himself the way that that you know I think people are impressed with where um, like you mentioned, he didn't take that penalty, even though he won it, but he still congratulated Declan to me that shows, and, and it's just little things like that, um, that shows quality, you know, and, and that's really over quantity. Like you could have a guy that scores 50 goals, but if he's horrible for the team and bring, you know, I mean, um, yeah. I don't know, it's just not what you want. So I, well, I think that's, that's a problem we've had in the past years is, yeah. is with, with Payette and Anato that yep. we've, and, and Anderson and even Hilaire to a certain extent are, what should have been what either was or should have been our best players were net negatives to the team because of their attitude. And so it created distractions It affected results It angered fans, you know, had this cascading effect that ended up affecting the results of the game and, and being able to bring in players that give a jolt of energy rather than a dampen dampener effect is, is great. You know, it's, He's already you know, the fans. The fans aren't even in the stadium, but it seems like from from the interactions we've had on Twitter that fans love him. Yeah, well, they do. And see, I actually would think I'd go a little bit more for him in terms of uh, monetary value. I'd, I'd I'd put him around twenty five million on the on the um, I guess the fact that he continues to play like this, like he could. It's kind of like Anderson, where he could have just a really good season or, or just a really good. Uh, bout of games and then fall off, which it, it just seems like Lingard's not that type of player. Um, I could be wrong, but
but as long as I would say he continues to play like this for the rest of the season, if I were West Ham, I, I personally would, I think he's worth about 25 million, if not more, if he keeps scoring. I mean, I don't know, yeah. but. Well, and I think the difference, like for, for what Anderson was happening is he was playing and just not playing well. It seems to me that, you know, Lingard just from what I could tell, just wasn't playing at Manchester United. It wasn't, it wasn't like he was having, you know, two seasons of just of right. poor performances. It was just, you know, they have 50 million pound players that are coming in and, and starting over him. And that's... Well, that's why I think we're such a good fit for Lingard. I don't know how he personally feels, but you know, and it's the same with rice is like we they're quality players and they can really, really shine at West Ham and prove that, they're just as good as those 50 million uh, pound players that, that these massive clubs are bringing in, you know, but to, like right now, I mean, look at the table. West Ham is one of the only clubs that's quote unquote small and uh, you know, and right up there competing. So I don't know. I really like that. Um, I, I really like Lingard so far. I, I think he's been a great addition to the team. I'm really happy we brought him in. And I, I do hope if he keeps playing like he is, which I think he will, um, hope he gets a few more goals, but I really hope that we will at least try to put in a bid for him. And I think Man U might be willing to kind of, you know, if they find their form, which it seems they're doing well now, might be willing to kind of sell him off. West Ham want him, you know, so let's earn some money there. And, and I'm hoping that's the case. Yeah, I think we can, I think we'll be first in line for a signature. You know, I, I don't see him going to a non-Premier League team. Like I don't see mm-hmm. him going to a foreign league of any sort. I don't really see – doesn't look like he has a place back at Manchester United. So, you know, within the Premier League teams, I, you know, having him here now gives us a big step up. If, you know, if he enjoys it, he could pretty much force a move to us. And I don't I don't see any other Premier League club outbidding us in a way that, you know, that would drive up the price significantly. So, yeah, I think it – you know, I think it would be a great deal to get both him and Dawson. Um, and let's hope that, you know – those can be the first two signings, the first two of, of maybe of many signings in the, in the summer window when it comes along. Yeah, I, I sure hope so. I think realistically, I think we'll seal Dawson. I think hopefully we'll seal Lingard, but I don't know. Um, and then obviously there's a lot of negotiation to go on. And then I think we'll get a striker. I think that's going to be what we ultimately uh, go for. But I mean, you know, we'll see. Yeah. So it looks like we're going to have a... Uh, we, we've been riding fairly high. You know, we've gotten uh, six points in our last three from from the league, but we have uh, Tottenham coming up, and currently we sit ahead of them on the table. But uh, do you, I, I, can, I think I can safely assume we won't have an, as exciting of a game as we had last time out against them. What do you, what do you uh, foresee in this matchup on Sunday? Yeah, so first I want to mention that we're uh, actually four places ahead of Tottenham, not just ahead of them. Uh, they have played one less game, but you know what? I'll take it. I mean, Tottenham right now, they've, they've had a string of their last, uh, was it six games? They've lost four out of six. And I think we should, we are on form. We could have done better against, um, against Fulham, but we did well against Sheffield. I think we definitely have the quality to beat them. Um, I, we've talked about the changes in formation. We've talked about the subs, you know, we, we've got the quality Tottenham's there for the taking. I mean, I would be really happy with three points and actually looking ahead. So we've got uh, coming up, we've got Tottenham, we've got Arsenal coming up in a few matches, Man City and Man United um, and Leeds. 
and we've got a, a tough stretch of games, but honestly, I could see us taking nine points uh, from the next five games. So that's three wins. I assume we're going to lose to city um, sadly. And then man, you, again, I, I just, I hate to say it, but I think we're going to lose to them because they kind of carved us up last time. Yeah. They just seem to have the, the right combination of, of speed and skill to just, to just carve up our back line. Yeah. Yeah, we're you know we're playing better than Tottenham is at the moment. They've they've lost four of their last five. We've won three of our last five, and it's uh, you know I'm I'm concerned if we if we don't have Antonio, it's going to be tough for us to push ahead. But if we get him back, I can see, yeah I can see us snagging the three points. You know if we are we going to be able to deal with Son. Son and uh, Kane without Agbana, though. You know, if if we play the same back five as we did today, are we going to have trouble? You know, I can see Kane carving up Cresswell. You know, on that back post headers, I can see Son cutting in on you know, and Diop just losing him on on a man mark. And I don't know. It's I can really see any range of outcomes come from that game, but you know. We always tend to turn out against them. You know, it may isn't like the last game we played against them. It took a you know it took about one a half or you know, it took like eighty minutes, min- yeah. 80 minutes to, turn, yeah. to turn on. But uh, we we came out um, at the end with the point, and you know, weird things happen when we play Tottenham. That's all they, they really do. And here's what I'm really nervous about for the Tottenham game is um, Son and Kane are so good at that diving. Uh, diving but also i guess taking advantage of of a foul situation you mean? yeah well yeah exactly it's it's that taking advantage of a fouling situation so even though it may not be too bad of a challenge you know to, like today there are a few challenges where if sheffield united had just fallen over they probably would have gotten a call tottenham is not going to let us um, have any slack there and i i as much as i dislike the players um kane and son definitely know when to take advantage of that and especially what position it's in, if it's in the box or not. And that's really what's got me scared. It's I'm sure, I'm sure there's, they're going to score. It's just, we first of all need to outscore them because they have too much quality up there. However, what I really don't, I want to be careful of, and I don't want to lose to them because we gave them a penalty when it was, you know, either a stupid challenge or just like a, a little hit on them and they ended up diving. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm I'm concerned that you know any any goal output they have, I think will be through one of those two. They just they always yeah. seem to do well against us, and they're annoying. You know, yeah, they're, they're definitely yeah. They're annoying is is an understatement. Yeah, you know, I could, you know, I can just see in a couple of days when the when the match news comes out, you know, I'm gonna see Mike Dean's name on the on the referee spot, and we're gonna have a repeat yeah. of of you know of a week ago. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, it's. There's really no no soft spots in the next run of games. You know, you can argue that Leeds is is a team we should beat, but even they're even they're playing pretty well right now. Uh, so it's going to be tough. I we're in a good position right now, but we're going to have to continue our good performances to to pick up points and stay high on the table. There's something we've got to talk about, uh, which I actually forgot to ask you earlier is. Talk to me about that Suchek red card and talk to me about how the foul in today's game in the box was not a red card. Uh, okay, so the Suchek red card was inexcusable. I mean, that is just unbelievable. Like, 
like yeah like Mitrovic fell over and rolled around but he got up pretty quickly after like he he wasn't even like he wasn't even looking for a red card he was like no 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 it wasn't a red card he was looking for the foul to be turned over to them he was yeah he was was looking for a foul nothing more nothing less and like yeah it was kind of a stupid move to to kind of roll around but I mean, but when you're moving, that your was, arm on, out that of was way, on Mike Dean. That was completely <laughs> on Mike Dean, and uh, I think it was Lee Mason was the VAR referee. Just yes. yep. absurdity. Uh, I mean, it, it. The funny thing, the funny thing it did though, it, it accomplished something I didn't think was possible. For West Ham fans to love Thomas Suchek more, <laughs> like oh my gosh, it like you know. Suchek seems like a fantastic guy and I'm extremely happy to have him on West Ham. And, and I think so many West Ham fans feel the same way, but the way we all rallied around Suchek happened was incredible. It was just like, you know, I'm, I'm laughing now. I was, I was heated at the moment. Um, You know, I'm, I'm laughing now because it ended up being, you know, not a, not a real issue for us. Uh, So that, yeah, that was inexcusable. Uh, And I almost like, yeah, the game was probably going to end in a draw anyway. That was going to be the last set piece. But yeah. it's not an overstatement to say, like, Suchek scored eight goals. Yeah. He is the the focal point of our set piece threat. We have a set piece in a dangerous position with the last play of the game. We, had he not been sent off, we could have come away with three points. Like, it's, it's, not, it's not really something crazy. To, yeah, like, yeah, if, you know, I don't know, Ben Johnson or Aaron Cresswell would have been injured. That's not going to change our set piece at all. Right. But Su- like Suchek, yeah, no, Suchek that really does. changes what we do. Well, here's something funny too. I saw is um, Rice and uh, and Cresswell have played every single minute of the Premier League. Suchek technically hasn't now because of his red card. Oh. He's missing like one or two minutes of the of playing the Premier League. How sad is that? It that even got rough. overturned. That's that so rough. And he played like it was into extra time too. Like it yeah. was past the night. Yeah. It really was. Oh, I, I just, oh. oh, I mean, I was heated too. I think all of West Ham fans were. And, you know, something funny that I saw over social media is I think, what do they call him? Like potato salad or something? Because yeah. you know, the video of him eating, like that was just so funny to me. Like, oh. what on earth is that? But, oh, man. No, it, it was. Yeah, I mean, it was absurdity. Uh, and then to the red, to the to the yellow card penalty today, I'm not. Was that a clear goal scoring opportunity? Yes, I think so. For me, the only reason that it wasn't a probably a red is because Lingard wasn't really shaped up to shoot. He was kind of running, like I, he would have gotten a shot off shortly, but he's kind of running to the left. Uh, trying to catch up to that ball and um, and it was I don't I don't know if you can call it incidental contact or not but I just to me it wasn't like it was I think a penalty and a yellow card were a fair benefit to us like I, I feel like it would have been a little harsh to give them a red card for like the, the player wasn't really trying to hurt Lingard he was just kind of like coming in a little fast couldn't really get out the way and hit Lingard so See, to me, though, I mean, I agree. It was early in the game, and honestly, it was, I think, around, I want to say, minute 30 or 40. I forget the exact minute. But to me, that was the that's the only reason is because it's so early in the game that they didn't give it. However, the rule clearly states that if you're the – if uh, you're the um, – 
if the play there's basically no defenders between you and the keeper of the attacker and the keeper and a defender fouls you as the attacker literally because he's he's trying to defend the goal i mean to me that's just such a clear cut that's the definition no yeah i get that i just feel like it's not legislated that way as much um, like uh, I don't know, legislated. You mean like ap- applied that way? Is that yeah, it's not really applied that way. And yeah. it, I mean, yeah, I get what you're saying. Like to me, it was I don't know. It just didn't feel like deserving of a red card. See, I thought. I mean, first of all, if you're gonna give Suchek a red card, then what the? Oh heck? no, but, absolutely. But like that, like what wasn't like. <laughs> yeah. Like no, I, but and and I well, I'll put it this way: if if I think if that happens just outside the box like say Lingard's at the top of the box and gets hit from behind like that I'd I'd be more willing to get a penalty or giving a red card there because we wouldn't get the penalty but like I felt like I felt fine with the penalty and a yellow card like that to me I was fine to me that actually changes it because if we're outside the box and it's a little bit more of like all right maybe a yellow card um suffices but the fact that we are literally right next to goal yeah. i mean i agree definitely deserving of a penalty and we we deserved that when our first one actually this whole season um but i don't know i it just to me I, I think i disagree i think it, it should have been a red i'm i'm glad we won 3-0 i you know i, I i'm not super upset about it but i just was in, i was interested in how the rule was applied there and you talked about yeah. it no i i think yeah i think Letter of the law, maybe to the, the for me the biggest thing was Lingard wasn't really in like the shooting motion. He was kind of yeah. like still trying to gather the ball in a way that he could get a shot off. Yeah. Well, and this goes with the Suchek red card. Like, let like I kind of wish we'd bring in just a little bit of that intent of the game. You know, where yeah, yeah the the player today, the defender was not trying to crush Lingard's ankles. Like he made a, a stupid tackle, and in it. In respect to the intent of the game, I agree. I don't think, you know, he was really going for that harshness of a foul. It's it's the same with Suchek. Like, obviously, the intent of the – if you go with that rule of, like, the intent, to me, that should be the little, like, um, almost, like, uh, bad call detector, you know? Yeah. And be like, all right, let's just take a bird's eye view of this really quickly. I don't know. So, Well, yeah, and I guess that's – yeah, if you got to bring in that intent because there is a – still not a great argument, but a somewhat valid argument that by strictly the letter of the law, Suchek's foul yep. was a red card. I mean, it, you know, he hit him with an elbow. It it was in like, face. Yeah. but then if you, you add the context in of like, he is himself is being pushed. He's kind of like leaning back. He's not putting his weight into the player, things like that. You know, his, the height differential, things like, you know, it's, that is where I think, you know, the difference between applying a foul strictly by the letter of the law and applying the foul in a consistent manner that is is depending on the context of, of the play. So Yeah, and I think that helps with, like, the spirit of the game. You know, if there's a player that goes into crush ankles, sure, take him off. But I, I don't think Sheffield, you know, I, I would have felt a little bit bad just because of the intent of the game aspect if – that player had gotten a red. However, you know, that one's a little bit more debatable than obviously the Suchek one. Yeah. Um, well, Chris, we've talked about the preview for the Tottenham game. What's your prediction? What do you think? And how just about the attackers, how do you think we're going to actually come out against them? I think Ben, I think Ben Rama is going to play 
I want to say over Lanzini, but gosh, Moyes, I think lo- Moyes loves himself some Lanzini. He does, but I think today was Lanzini, I don't think did that well. And I think you've, you've got to play Ben Rama over Lanzini for that game. Yeah. I think actually Moyes was trying to save Ben Rama a little bit for that game, honestly. I think that's, yeah, I think that's probably fair. You know, I'm, I'm not someone. Uh... So Lanzini has, I, I don't know exactly what it is, but but Lanzini seems to score a lot in London derbies. Like it's, he scores a crazy amount on the road and a crazy amount in London derbies. I'm not like, I like the last I, Tottenham game. <laughs> I'm not really into using that as like an actual stat. Like what is, what is there about crystal palace that makes it like a special game versus like a, a team, like, I don't know, Wester that like they're, you know, they're the location, like the city that they're in doesn't, you know, isn't really indicative of anything. So like, I think that's going to be a bogus stat. Uh, but, and like, Oh yeah. Lanzini scored that crazy goal against Tottenham three months ago. It was okay. It was a crazy goal that clinged off the bar hit just, you know, the perfect spot yeah. god god reached yeah. out and touched Lanzini's boat <laughs> you know uh shoe for half a second you know, you know like that's not like that's not going to be indicative of how he's going to perform against tottenham so like for that aspect i wouldn't i wouldn't play him just for like any of those oh he always scores when we play against the london team or oh last time he had this shot against tottenham like that's not going to carry forward into this game so yeah i'd play ben rama over him uh i think we're gonna need, you're gonna need bowen uh, making those runs in behind and you're going to need someone that's willing uh, to pass the ball to him and, and Lingard when they make those runs. And I think Ben Rama is that player. And and what's your score prediction? Uh, I think two, two, I think we get a draw. Really? See, I'm, I'm honestly going for that three, two, but uh, that three, two, if we come out in the way that I'm thinking we're going to, with that strong attack, I don't, I swear if I see, like that uh, holding, you know, holding midfielders and extra defensive midfielders out there. I want to come out. I want to come out firing because I think that's how you're going to have to play this whole game. You can't just sit back against Tottenham. Son and Kane are too good for that. I think you're going to have to f- basically meet them pound for pound. So what you want to, you want Mark Noble in the number nine spot? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At least. No, um, no I, I, I think so. I'm going to go with the, I want to see that for now has been Rama and, uh, and Lingard combo. I think that's going to be key to our success. I want to play Antonio assuming he's fit, which he failed his fitness test, but I also think that might've been to kind of help save him. I think he will be good for Tottenham. I want to play Antonio for that first 60 minutes, but then I'd probably put Bowen in there depending on if we're, I, I really wouldn't play Federicks unless we really need a sub for some speed. Um, Hopefully Sufal can kind of help on that side as well. But uh, or if we're up two zero, that's when I'd start putting in Fredericks. And I think Ben Johnson has to start just because we don't really have another option. Yeah. Could you see, you know, with Sun typically lining up on the left, kind of similar to how Grealish does, could you see Moyes pulling out that same formation he did against Aston Villa, having both Sufal and Fredericks <laughs> on the right side? So so that's interesting, is and and speaking to that more do you just put Sufal on Kane or Sun just a hundred percent of the time and just kind of shut them down? Yeah, I don't know if he, <laughs> I don't know if you like man mark him across the yeah. whole field like we. I mean, like he did. I, I loved it when it was against that. So like, I think funny. you know, I it's it's a little tougher when there are two players like that that can right. really. And Tottenham does have like other other strong Legends. players that that, yeah. that are effective. But I I would I would honestly be fine against a team like Tottenham having 
a Fredericks or even against a Man City in the next game, just because you're going, we're going to be playing with 30 to 35% possession. We're going to be having to, to hit them on the break. Like yeah. that's the type of game that Fredericks on that right wing can be very effective in, where, where you know you're going to be defending a lot and you know you're going to need to have speed to hit them on the break once you do get the ball. I'm not saying that's how I would want to line up. I'm just saying I can see Moyes putting that out there. Yeah. I, I guess if if it's in the spirit of the attack uh, and, and Fredericks for his attacking abilities, the reason you're subbing him in, I would be fine with that. But I'm more worried that it's going to be for, hey, we need to hold. And I think you're right about uh, Tottenham's got too many darn weapons. Uh, you can't just man mark Grealish and call it a day, you know, and really shut yeah. down everything they've got. Um, you have to, there's, there's too many players. So, um, I, I'm a little bit nervous about the Diop thing. I kind of, I almost want to bring Sufal back a little bit more, um, separate him a little bit more from the attack just to help out because I'm nervous that we're going to get caught basically with our hands out, you know, and, and nothing we can do. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I'm confident. I think we've got a good team. We need to trust. Uh, I think we need to trust Moyes. And there's been a few times throughout the season where we've disagreed with his subs, but honestly, I'm, you know, this is the, this is the time where it's like, all right, we're fifth in the table. We brought you in to save us from relegation. We're doing fantastic. Like let's, you know, yeah. let's see how your game management is. All I'll say is David Moyes. I'm waking up at 6am on Sunday. So you better, you, you better put a good team out there. <laughs> yeah i'll be watching it too yeah all right well that that concludes this episode of green eggs west ham we really appreciate you listening to us uh please like like uh or, or follow us on uh at green eggs and wh on twitter and uh share share this episode with your friends trying to expand our outreach a little bit so really appreciate the listen and come on you irons come on you irons let's beat tonham